If we have money, it's easier to stay inside of the experience we want because we're not so pulled by thinking something terrible is going to happen and I'm going to end up on the street, which is a really hard experience and I don't want that. Great. So if we can lock this thing up called money, then it makes it easier for us to go do this thing called here's exactly the road trip that I'm on and what I love about it. I used to chase the ROI all the time, return on investment. And over the course of time, that has evolved into what I call return on life. Welcome back, listeners. I am so excited and thrilled to have a very interesting guest. I think you guys are going to have just maybe a, maybe a light moment, maybe a goosebump moment today, because we've got a guest that has uh, got a lot of depth. Let me tell you, a lot of depth. Um, Scott Rollins-Smith is uh, a fellow that lives out of Texas. Uh, it is Austin, Texas. And uh, he's done a lot of stuff that I think you're going to be very, very impressed with. But more importantly, it's going to be coming from a heart, a sense of return on life, which is what this podcast is about, of course. Um, Scott is an investor, an asset protection attorney, an entrepreneur, um, all things from even owning a mechanic shop. Can you believe that? So we've got this massively depth of an individual that's going to be sharing with us. Scott, thank you for being on our podcast here on Return on Life podcast. Share a little bit about yourself that we've maybe missed in that quick introduction. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting to see like how do any of these like journeys like start? Yeah. You know, um, I got born into a family that was really chaotic. Mm -hmm. uh, my father passed away when I was three. He was a severe alcoholic, very violent, um, really devastating to like the family. And that was the environment that really formed and molded me. And I was taught from a really early age that what's really important is being smart and having money. And if I had, if I was smart and had money, then I'd have respect. And if I had respect, then I'd have love. And that's really great. And that'll lead you into a lot of like material success. It'll lead you to a lot of higher degrees in education. It'll lead you to a lot of hardly hard work. And I hope that if that's the way that you're living your life, if you were like me, that you never get to the end of that rainbow. Because at the end of that rainbow, you'll have everything and you'll actually realize it's still not enough. Mm. And that'll make you ask some really hard questions that if it's actually not about all of this, then what is it really about? And how do I really get what I want? And I had that own experience for me. It's very challenging time in my life. I came through and went to some really dark places. Um, but, you know, what I learned was hard work, perseverance, study, find people that are really smart, who has what I already want, who has that inner peace, who has that sense of purpose that comes in their life. Um, let me follow, see what they have to say about it. And uh, today I'm, I live a life that's... Um, filled full of love, joy, connection, amazing people provided for. Um, and I just get to exist in the place that I'm at. And it's everything I've always wanted and never wanted. Wow. I think we could just turn off the podcast right there and let people go away with just that. And they would be like, oh my goodness. Wow. What, a, what an intro that is. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I got goosebumps hearing that. Mm. Um, so let's bring it back to Return on Life podcast. What, I mean, you, you, you shared some of that in that moment there about what is the return on life. But if I asked you today, just stopped on the street today and you gave me, I said, give me, give me return on life. 
what does that mean to you in in 15 to 20 seconds what would you say there's a lot of things that i thought about what return on life could be one of them is i was like oh it's about how much good can i do in the world it's about how much can i give to other people how much service can i do and after after some period of time of really focusing on this of really searching inside of myself what's true i really my core belief is the highest return that i can have on life is being fully present in this moment in the depths of what does that really mean and it's something that is, is such a deep experience uh, and there is no greater gift and no greater value and a greater treasure to me than what that means to be like, am I fully present mm. in this moment? What was the change agent or ingredient that got you started on this path? Because I mean, you're, you're, you're way, way, way down this path of thinking. What was the change ingredient or the change agent agent that brought you here? So the idea of happiness and what it meant to be like content in life was something I was raised with because we were in so much suffering. So from the time I was very young, our family was very focused. But what do we do? Okay, what are all the NLP skills? What are all the relationship skills? What are all these technical skill sets that we need to learn? to be able to learn how to navigate life better. And what are all the seminars we can go to and landmark forums and everything. That was, that was built into your family or, or did that just come out of, I have to do this. Did, like who pushed you into that world? Life, life. the suffering of life. It materializes some to my family, materializes some to my own experiences of sticking my hand on the stove over and over again. Realizing, yeah, that's still really hot. I want to figure out a way to not burn myself again mm -hmm. with this. And I can't seem to keep myself from sticking my hand on that stove. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So how am I going to learn? And so I would do all of these, do all of these things. And um, I had the particular blessing though of uh, really feeling like I had it all. Like, oh, I really got it. I got everything here. The last thing that I need though, is I need uh, to find a beautiful, amazing wife and have children. And then I'll have all of the things that anybody could ever have inside of this life, mm. the experiences that are here in life. <clears throat> Fast forward a little bit into that and it epically crashed and burned and it crushed me for what that meant. The pain was so deep and so strong. And I had a coach at the time I was working with and we always have this uh, part of the coaching program or the coaching rhythm. She'd always, always ask me, what do you want? And I'd say, oh, I want, I want this money. I want this experience on this trip. I want this thing, that thing, the other thing. Yeah. Great practice. Um, but what I started saying to her is like, I want to love myself, love others, be at peace. And I'm doing all of the things. I'm doing the journaling. I'm doing the meditation. I'm doing the walking. I'm doing the working out. I'm doing the eating good. I'm doing the da 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 da. da. I'm doing the throwing the lotion. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the potions. I'm doing the candles. I'm doing the crystals on my forehead and any other part of my body I think of. None of it's working. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. And so it took me. Um, I sat there, and what that was 
the despair of what that was to say, holy smokes, I'm just sitting in it. Um, and then, and then I went on to a different part of the journey with having to really dive to the next, the next level of it. Which Can was I jump really- in there for a second? Please. Yeah. You, you talked about love yourself. Um, I, I really believe if we cannot love ourselves and who we are, every every little bit, every ounce of who we are, how can we love anybody else if we can't even love ourselves? Because uh, it's just impossible in my in my mind. And then the change, the change that has to happen is forgiveness. Um, we need to be forgiving and forgive ourselves in order to forgive others as well. I mean, we need to learn on ourselves before we can even help anybody else or forgive anybody else. Does that, does that resonate with you in any way? Of course. It's a beautiful sentiment, love and forgiveness. Well, I'd, I'd invite you to ponder is that, is there really any difference between the two? Hmm. My experience, when I feel inside of the places of me that will show up that are less than what I want, perhaps I'll have some lustful sexual desire, perhaps some lust for for money here or for uh, competition. If I am aware that that's what's going on inside of me in that moment, then I can almost look at myself as if I was a parent on an unruly child. And this unruly child just needs training, needs to teach and learn. Is that really the experience that you want? Do you really want to go sleep with her? Do you really want to dominate that person? Do you really want more money here? No, that's not what I really want. What do you want? I really want peace. I really want to be content in this moment. Great. So how are you going to get back to that? Well, I can get back to that in a few ways. Breathing. It all comes back, though, to say, if I can view myself as the unruly child, then as an unruly child would go, I can simply love that child because the child is just learning. But except that in this case, They're both just parts of me. Mm. As a child learns best from love and support and asking questions to be able to come in alignment with proper behavior, perhaps that's the same way we do. Love how you brought that full circle. Love that. Love that. Then who, who is Scott in the quiet? Who is Scott? When you're uninterrupted. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I have a really, I have a, I have a far way to go in this journey that I've decided that I'm, I want to go on. Um. So it's a lot of training, you know, it's a lot of training in the quiet. That's a lot of sitting, watching, breathing, feeling. And it's, it's like, um, I'd make it akin to like my playing sports for me, like playing basketball, that there's this thing when I was playing basketball that I didn't like really running drills. 
all these dribble drills. I thought they were pretty boring. I thought game time was super fun. And then I was losing at the games. And the coach came in and he was like, hey, man, see, you don't like losing at the games. I don't like losing at the games. He says, I tell you what, if you do these drills, you're going to be better when it comes time for the game. And you're going to win the game. Maybe not every game, right? But you'll win more. And you'll feel better about how you're doing. And it was true. It worked for me in basketball. Just like it works for me, I feel like it works for me here in life. That the more time that I can sit alone, training myself to feel deeper into looking at what's going on inside of me, how to stay calm, focused, relaxed, focus my mind, control the emotions, feel into deeper places of love, connection, and gratitude. Then I live life as an entrepreneur and as a not rock climber and with my family and my friends and going on vacations and doing all this stuff with just random people in the world sometimes. And that's game time. And then the game becomes, can I feel connected to myself, loving myself, loving others, and being at peace every possible moment, regardless of whatever's happening? Life happens, and I just simply serve life the best that I possibly can. And the moment that comes up from that place. Mm. Right on. Hey, listeners, uh, we are going to get into some really um, practical things about how to keep your money and grow your wealth and all that as well. But uh, we're we're in a spot right now where we're diving deep into uh, all things that really matter. It's the mindset. It's who we are as individuals. It's how comfortable we feel in our skin before we can actually really go out there and accomplish great things from the world's standpoint. So just hang in there. We're going to get there yet too. But um, I want to keep kind of going in this vein a little bit. This is really good. Uh, Scott, what what would be your greatest gift or asset that you had? And maybe you don't have it anymore because you've created a better gift. You've found a better gift, a better asset to help the people around you. Yeah. So um, the biggest gift that I was on for, and in some ways, I guess I'm still on it, right? Is I had a really extreme desire for how do I build money and protect and wealth so that way I can be financially free and so I can go travel the world and have fun. Mm. And I was like, cool, I, I need time freedom. I need money freedom. And I need to make sure it's durable. There's that F word again. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> gotta have freedom and it's gotta be fun. Yeah. Right. It's not about working all the time, not even spiritual work or godly work or service work or whatever. Like make it, it's supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a fun adventure, right? That we're all on together. Right. And, uh, and to have that, what I knew was, I needed good finances because the road trip needs gas to put in the car. Mm. Right. And it ain't putting as much, getting as much gas as I can. It's about making sure I'm on an awesome road trip, but also making sure that I'm never going to run out of gas. Cause holy smokes, I don't want to sit out there with a sign that says, Hey, I need some help with gas, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so uh, that's what Royal legal solutions, like my company, was an extension of my own desires to create that for my life as that, Hey, I built building this mechanism and system methodologies and asset protection, estate planning, tax, investing, how does it all need to come together with the right professionals and systems and processes and meeting rhythms and 
reports and strategic planning and all of that great stuff that all goes into entrepreneurialism and, and wealth. Um, and so I did that and it, and it's still growing. It's still maturing. Um, I'm still very much involved in the company. Um, and there's this other thing that's like, cool. Now you got gas in the car and simultaneously, how cool of a road trip can you plan mm. and how present and how awesome can the experience be in the road trip? Mm. Right. And, and that's really the, where I find myself in the crossroads of life like right now. And is that it's this thing, it's this thing called like, we figured out, crack the code. Here's how the money thing has to work for us. And now I'm trying to work really hard to work through myself with myself to say, here's how the best way I can figure out a way that is uh, a scalable, predictable way of mindset and living that allows us to have the best possible experience that we can have. And if we have money, it's easier to stay inside of the experience we want because we're not so pulled by thinking something terrible is going to happen and I'm going to end up on the street, which is a really hard experience. And I don't want that. Great. Mm -hmm. So if we can lock this thing up called money, then it makes it easier for us to go do this thing called here's exactly the road trip that I'm on and what I love about it. Yeah. You know, uh, I have this term, it's bulletproof. Do we have a bulletproof business? Do I have a bulletproof life? Do I live um, in the presence and, and, and create that essence of presence so strong? And it's really challenging. Uh, it, you know, it sounds like you figured out a little bit, but it's a real, real challenge for high D individuals, for driven people to, um, to actually be present with, the most important thing, which is your loved ones. And uh, I, I'm going to admit, I, I struggle with that often. Um, I'm, I got so much going on and I'm driven to succeed as the world would want me to see, succeed, not my family, so to speak, but the world. And uh, the ego takes over and it's hard to be present with the most important asset in your life, which is your family and your loved ones and your friends. Um, it mm -hmm. sounds like you've got something um, figured out or maybe uh, maybe you're still in process with that. Um, what are the principles that you kind of live by then daily to keep sure that you're on that path, make sure that you're still in that path? Yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Like like running a business, All the same skills apply. So if anybody's a high D individual out there and says, oh man, this is going to be really tough for me. Okay. These, these are things I coach people and professionally too. Um, I take very few clients or people that I'll work with at any one time because I'm very focused on my own uh, development, but uh, I do take on people. The good news is, is that all of the things that you've learned that helped you get to where you are professionally are exactly the things you need to be able to get to this place. So you're in the perfect place you need to be. You may need somebody to teach you how to do it. Mm. Right. Or alternatively, you can do what I did, which was read tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of books, 
travel all around and go talk to people and kind of piece it together and you'll find a way. There's a thousand paths up the mountain. They all lead to the same place. Any one of them is okay. It's easier if you have a guide, but you don't have to. May end up with more bruises. That's okay. So is crucible moments, challenges, fear, doubt, are they all worthy experiences for the journey? I love this question because it always makes me re-ask a question that says, if the purpose of why I'm here as a school ground is to teach me how to raise who I am and the intuitive way that we all know that there's higher and lower states of being, higher and lower states of consciousness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we get into higher states or experience like this, we all intuitively know this is true. Yeah. Okay, great. So we got born into a place. And in this place, like a classroom has all these things in it. But they doesn't have like a lesson plan in the way that we're normally would get. So how does it teach us? Perhaps what happens is the way that it teaches us is to give us the experience of that's what it feels like to stick my hand on the stove. Maybe I shouldn't do that. We call that pain and suffering. But per, from the perspective of the classroom, if you asked it, it would say, well, how else are you supposed to learn? So not only are they worthy experiences, they're probably the things that are there that are most important to be grateful for because it's the thing that's showing you here is exactly what I need to be focused on to be able to raise my level of consciousness, to get into the next grade, so to speak. And how awesome is it that this thing called pain and suffering focuses my attention so acutely on it that I'll focus on it? Well, because if you're not going to focus on it, how are you going to improve it? And the more I look at this thing, the more I realize how amazing it is. Once you understand what the goal is, and that it's all designed with such an acute level of like a masterful classroom. Hmm. I like that analogy, man. You got, you've got the, the best analogies. I just love it. <laughs> From the classroom to the schoolyard to the, you know, the stove, the mountaintop experience. Uh, I just really, really love it. Um, courageous people often inspire us like we look at people that have just done courageous things is it in them or is it a muscle that they've just learned to work and get to the point where every little step gets them to be more and more courageous at whatever it is or is it just a moment that brings all that courage to the surface and at that point they become a courageous person i i, I love the question I'm wondering if you'll tell me what you think courage is. Hmm. Well, uh, great question. Way to throw it back at me. Um, courage to me is doing something that maybe nobody else is willing to do in that moment, doesn't have the willpower to do, 
and isn't, first of all, it hasn't been manifested to them. And they are doing it for something beyond their own recognition. They're out to bring great, great value to many, many people. That to me is courage. Mm, beautiful. So this is great because um, I understand courage is a little differently. Um, the way I understand courage is feeling fear and doing it anyway. Anytime I feel fear and I do it anyway, courage. You can't have courage without fear. Mm. I agree with your definition. I um, but I think it has to have a bigger, a bigger meaning behind it, which is where, what am I doing to help great, bring great value to others in that moment? Sure. If the thing that's being great value to moment to others, if fear is a component of it, and you say, well, there's something inside of me. Yeah. I'm afraid that brings fear. When I think about whatever is the thing I'm going to do, that's going to bring great value to others. Yeah. Sometimes people would call this like, oh, this is your limiting belief. If you're inside of like the, the workshop rooms, right? Yeah. Right. So we'll take it for the example. It says, I have fear that comes up whenever I'm thinking about doing great work, like for other people. For so some I'm, time, I'm, yeah. I, I see yourself. I mean, often I do the comparison. Are you a baker or a chef? Uh, both involve doing something in the kitchen. Both involve a lot of ingredients. But I see you as as the baker versus the chef, where every every little ounce of whatever that goes in or speck of whatever goes in can either make or break the baking. Where cooking or being the chef, ah, eh, you taste it, you keep going. But I see you as a as you before you're going to climb Kilimanjaro, which you've done, correct? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of planning. It just wasn't well. Let's go do it. I would think that you've processed that decision, you know, you know, hundreds of different ways to make sure that success was going to be the end game. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I would think that you do that for your clients, for your business, for your family. Yeah. It's a way of living. Yeah. For me, it's, it's a way of living and sitting in a lot of silence mm. and going very silence. slowly through silence. things. That is, um, that's a hard thing for people to do in this world. Silence. When you say you sit in silence, are you saying for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, a day? What is silence to you? And, and how has that changed over, let's say the last decade? Like when did this understanding of silence meditation brings Scott to this place. So I started to experiment with, with silence, like in the traditional way that everybody would know of, right? Okay. I What's got my, traditional? What's my, med my meditation timer. I got it on five minutes. I'm going to sit and I'm going to do this thing called not thinking about, so they're telling me I got to do this thing. So I'm not going to have any thoughts anymore. And I sit down and boom, all the thoughts are running in my head about, you know, it's food to like, what's going on with my car, the thing at work, you know, I wonder how this date's going to go this weekend, whatever. Right. It's all just running. And I said, this thing is dumb because it's like, there's no way you can get to a, 
whatever they're saying, because these thoughts are just crazy. Um, but I kept doing it. Mm-hmm. And as I kept doing it, what I found is, is that if I just focused on just watching the thoughts that are going through my head, it was kind of entertaining. I was like, what kind of crazy stuff is this mind going to come up with now? <laughs> you know, let's see what's up here, you know? And, uh, and then slowly, like it would start to like calm down like more and more. And uh, then it got to the plan where like the five minute timer would go off and I would just turn off the timer and I'd continue to sit there. Cause I was like, well, this is actually kind of, I'm actually enjoying this and I have some time, you know? Um, so I'll just continue to do it. And eventually it got to a place where things just got uh, all the, the thoughts would like slow down more and more. And then they would stop. And then sometimes they'd come back and they'd stop. And then all the, and every now and again, it would be like these moments of clarity that would come up. Oh, have this conversation with this person and make sure to say this to them. Oh, this person's actually feeling this way. Make sure to talk to them. Oh, that's what that deal is actually about. Uh, this, this investment opportunity. That's the tweak that needs to happen in it to be able to make this whole deal work. Right. Um, and it didn't seem to be magical. I think what was happening is like it cleared the RAM off of the computer. And then it then was able to just come into like, what's here. And that's when my life went from being an entrepreneur that worked an investor that worked really hard to an entrepreneur and investor that was working, but didn't have to work hard. I was still just as active, but it wasn't the experience of working hard because it's like, Oh, I kind of feel like I know exactly what I need to do because I sat in silence. Yeah. What I, what as good as silence as I um, was able to be trained in, remember it's a basketball drill, mm-hmm. right? So I was drilling a skill called being quiet on the inside. And at the higher, you know, after working on this for some time, maybe a couple years, then the skill actually can progress to a place where you can be in silence on the inside while actually being around a bunch of people while you're even talking, that there's no need to actually be, have physical quiet because what you're really looking for is the same experience you were sitting in before, which was my mind is off, but I'm here. Yeah. You know, even if you take like this experience that we're having now, Randy, do you, consciously plan each thing you're going to say no you're just here and words come out right so there's a place in you that's silent and from the silence the creation happens if your mind is spinning about what question should i ask and i'm afraid if this person likes me and what's this thing that might happen later in the day how well are you able to stay in the moment of talking and engaging with your guests, your colleague or your boss or your sales leader, whatever it would be. So you already know the experience of inner silence. Mm -hmm. It's already part of your life. You might benefit from just spending some time running the basketball drills. Fantastic. Um, The skill of silence. Uh, and, And I love that you shared that you could be in a busy setting yet in the quietness of yourself. And you see these in people, people, uh, I see it all the time in, in people that understand this. They have the ability to see social cues in crazy settings that nobody else can see. They can hear somebody needing them across the room without 
any conversation, any dialogue, any eye contact, they just know it. And I often instruct my, you know, the people that I coach and mentor is that right now somebody is screaming and yelling your name that they need your help, but you just haven't tuned into the frequency and the vibration and the attraction of that individual that needs you right now in whatever it could be could be personal, could be business, could be financial, whatever, but they're right now yelling your name. Where are you? And um, and I found that to be true when I am in silence, that I hear names, I see people, I people I don't even know exist. I go, I need to talk to that person. By the way, I'm a twin, an identical twin. And mm. we have some, my twin and I, we have some pretty cool you know, crazy dialogue happening without us being in the same location, room, state, province, whatever it is. We've had some really cool experiences. So wow. all the time. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, well, let's um let's go a little bit into your business. Um, let's transition a little bit there. I love by the way, I could I could spend an hour and a half here. <laughs> but <laughs> let's let's help our listeners understand what you do for return on life in the business world for them, uh, beyond mindsets and just helping them, you know, understand who they are. What do you do to help them with all things? investing, uh, making sure that they 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 keep their money, there's some tax deferments, things, all the things that you do when we think of Royal Legal Solutions. Give us a little, a little pitch on that. Yeah, so what we endeavor to do is to make our clients the CEO of their own wealth building company mm. that's built and managed for them and that we train them in how to run it over the course of a year. So at the inside of the first six weeks, we sit down and say, great, should we protect ourselves from lawsuits to make sure that lawsuits can't take our money away? Great. Here's an LLC structure or a series LLC structure or trust structure, whatever happens to be appropriate. Make sure people can't take away our money from lawsuits. Should we make sure that if something happens to us, that the money goes appropriately to take care of our kids? Okay, great. So let's incorporate some estate planning, you know? Uh, what happens if we end up in the hospital? Okay, here's some powers of attorney. Cover off on that. Um, how are you doing on taxes? Are your taxes below, you know, 15% as an effective tax rate? Okay, great. Well, here's some things you should do for deductions, tax shelters. Um, and do you want to get those lower? Okay, well, then here's types of investments that you can make. And pay out somewhere between 10 to 30% a year on average for these types mm -hmm. of real estate or green energy or various types of um, investments and to syndications uh, for accredited investors. And those will give you some cash flow gains, some net worth gains, and depending upon which ones they were, they'll help you offset taxes. And then we can get that all set up in the first six weeks of say, great. Now you're basically all the foundations of your company are all built. You've met with your attorneys and your CPAs, MBAs, CFOs. You've met with your investment advisory team, got all together. And now let's start the process of monthly meetings to make sure that you're running everything correctly um, with the appropriate team members. So now you learn now we built everything, how do we run it? And how do I appropriately interact with this type of professional team inside of a 
uh, a structure so they can learn about how wealth needs to work. Very cool. Um, the majority of our listeners are entrepreneurs, as you would think, you know, return on life and just being uh, either self-employed or um, entrepreneurs of some sort. Um, I would imagine that the majority of your clients are also entrepreneurs, self-employed. Yep. Um, I would imagine that they're all trying to maybe earn their first million or maybe, maybe, maybe it's more than that. What is it? Um, and how can you help somebody that's listening right now get on the fast track? And is there one thing, and there's a lot of questions I'm asking here, but is there one thing that they need to, to start with first? What would be the most important thing? But are most of your, your, uh, your clients entrepreneurs? So our clients come from a variety of backgrounds. A lot of them are entrepreneurs and business owners. Mm -hmm. um, but what we found is that if people are, if a person or a household is making over $150,000 a year, the amount of money that we can save people on taxes mm -hmm. will pay for everything else that we do because we're so good at tax. Wow. So our services really pay for themselves because, uh, because of that. And, um, and it doesn't take having to make a ton of money uh, to have that work. Um, and it's it's really the number one most important thing. It took me, you know, 10 years to figure out how all of this was supposed to work of really studying it and building everything from the ground up uh, for myself. And uh, And now our clients can get everything inside of six weeks and not just learn about it, but actually have it built. So it's, um, you know, saving money on taxes is the number one most important thing you can do. Yeah. Second most important thing you can do is not spend your money <laughs> as much as you can. Right. And there's a lot of good reasons why you're probably spending more money than you need to, you know? Uh, and, the thing that people are afraid to do, but they must do, is you must put money into investments. You must push through the fear and have the courage to start setting money aside each year and placing it to investments to flex the muscle of saying that I invest the money because you need the passive income to be able to get the free so you can and go really want, live the life that you're looking to live. Mm, the mindset so you can give people you know freedom in a box so to speak you do that in six weeks mm -hmm. but don't they need the mindset to have freedom before they can even touch freedom in a box and yeah, so i have a weekly group that i meet with mm. and, and this weekly group actually started with everybody telling me like it's like what do you guys want like, oh, we want to make more money. It's like, great. Well, I have this system that I put together for myself, goal tracking, habit tracking, all these tools. And I made it into this blue book called the Royal Life Planner. And so I was like, great, I'm going to do the Royal Life Coaching Group. We're going to meet every week. And you guys are all telling me you want to make more money. So great, I'll show you how to make more money. And um, then we'll use this to be able to track your effectiveness about being able to execute and we'll have some reflections of your state of being, which will also govern your relative ability 
to execute at the level that you're trying to get to. And this will be great conversations. We'll work on what you're doing, from what place you're doing it, and how well you're setting your goals, how realistic are your goals for what your actual capabilities are. And we'll get a lot of awareness around all of that. Great. I got in through the second session of a 12-week program, and nobody had financial goals anymore. When we actually had to look at what was happening in life, they were actually like, oh, I actually am making enough money. But I feel like if I solve this issue that's with my wife at home, where we're constantly fighting, that I'll probably have more energy to go work on my business and I'll be less tired, less confused. It's over there. So how do I work on my relationship with my wife or my, uh, or my kids? Or how do I learn how, how do I take care of myself? Cause I'm actually just kind of tired. And so what we found was, is that, um, that's also needed. First step is to get the financial piece locked down because it pulls our attention the biggest. And then the next piece says, okay, great. Do we really, do you really need more money? Cause if you need more money, awesome. Let's work on making more money. If it's not more money though, how do we get awareness of the other thing that's going on? So we can either make more money or otherwise live a better life. And to me, it doesn't matter because it's all just life and it's all just living and it's all the same. All that matters is, are you passionate about what you're doing? So true. You know, I've got a buddy that um, worked with the Heat when they're winning all their championships, and uh, he he has a a ring to prove it. Um, but his sole purpose for being a coach on that team was not about coaching basketball. It was about coaching life off the court, because they realized if the player's life was miserable off the court, they were miserable on the court. So his whole purpose of being on the team was just to get them grounded at home, grounded in life, so they could be grounded on the court. So bet that makes you laugh when you hear people talk about work-life balance. Like that's a real thing. Yes, it sure is. What is work-life balance? Is there such a thing? No, there's just life. <laughs> there's just life and living, and part of what you do that is work. So when I, I've heard people say, you know, um, balanced life is equals broke life. No. Balanced life equals broke life. I I, I think it's BS too, but it, it's the exact opposite. A lot of people believe that. Yeah. It, what, what's happening is that they, there's the process of creation is really simple as I see it. There's the amount of energy that you have. There's the tools that you have. And then when you say energy times tools and you get creation, and it can be create whatever you want, create money create relationships, create fun and adventure in your life, whatever. What they do, what we all do is we say, most people is that they read tons of books, take all the courses, whatever, because they're like, I need more tools because they don't actually know how to influence their energy. Mm. And that's why everybody's saying like, I need more tools, I need more tools. I need the 27 steps off of Instagram of how I'm going to do it. And then I say, great. Do you really believe that more studying is actually going to move the dial in any significant way at this point in your life? And they'll all say, nope, I don't. But why are you doing it? I don't know. I was like, great, because it's actually the only thing you know. If you want to learn how to do this other thing, which is actually you're only operating at 10% of the amount of energy that you can have, and you learn how to work on that area, well, if I can move from 10% to 20% energy, I've actually doubled the amount of creation I was able to do with learning no new skills. 
my point of view in it, and I don't know if you would agree with me, but my point of view in it is that this is actually the, the mega hack for entrepreneurs, uh, investors, and for everybody is because the real gulf may be AI. But as I see it in my own personal experience, the real gulf is how much energy you have. Because we all know the limits of our energy because at some point during the day, we actually tap out. And when we tap out, we seek distraction from social media, from watching stuff, going to talk to Carol in the other office or whatever. Your distraction is your compensating mechanism for when you run out of energy. If you had more energy, you'd never be distracted. Wow. Wow. That, uh, that is a mega heck. Mega heck. Love that. Love that. I love that whole concept. Energy times your tools equals creation. And um, it is really true. Energy is, well, it's energy. It's everything. It powers our life. It powers our soul. It powers our mind. It powers the energy, the positivity that I radiate. And um, so true. And I, and I, I work with a lot of coaching clients as well. And so often I find that they're so busy doing so many things. I just say, bring it down to one or two. If you're, if you're in sales, what's the pro, what are you do, using to prospect? What are your prospecting channels right now? Well, I got these six prospecting channels. No, 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 no. Let's take it down to one. What's your best one? I want you to only do that one for the rest of the week and even next week. And we'll come back, turn the others all off, whatever they are, ignore them. Just concentrate on one. Let's get one with the right energy. And success usually happens at that point. But we're so busy with too many things, too many distractions. And that is when we tap out, we look for distractions to, to not uh, have us. Yeah, everybody tends to think that distractions are happening to us. Mm. And I think it's the opposite. I think what happens is, is that we actually seek distraction and we actually seek it at such a level that's subconscious that you can pick up your phone and find yourself halfway through a newsfeed and say, how the heck did that happen? How did I get here? Wow. You're dropping some major truth bombs here. <laughs> oh, I love this, Scott. Love this. Love this. Um, how many of your clients come as millionaires? So they're 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 already a millionaire. Let's call it a millionaire, or somebody super well to do already. Millionaire could be so many different things in all different parts of the country. Oh sure, you know, um, yeah. In my marketplace, the average home is you know two and a half million dollars. You know, and a lot of people have uh, no mortgages at this point, so they're they're already millionaires, but. From a perspective of you, uh, of your of your clients, how many come with um, a dollar value that they feel not worthy of and want to get to another dollar value, or how many that come with something that they're already kind of pretty comfortable with, but they just want to do it better? We have clients that come in with negative net worths all the way up to like twenty five million. Mm -hmm. You know. Um... How, how different is the mindset between those two or is it? Uh, yeah. Um, every, every person has a different mindset. Some people uh, came into money in different ways, you know, 
Um, the real thing that we focus on is, are you making over $150,000 a year? If you are great, then there's easy win that we can do called saving you money on taxes. Now that we've saved money on taxes, that gives us more money that we can then help you work on how to get used to placing investments. That's at somebody that's at the very low end of sophistication, low end of the journey. They're very, they're at the very beginning stages. And maybe what they were doing is spending all the money that they ever made, because there's a lot of reasons people do that. Sometimes they think they should. Sometimes um, they're using it as a way of uh, compensating for the fact that they actually don't enjoy what they're doing. So they use like retail therapy as a way to be able to make through, make it through. Nothing wrong with retail therapy. Um, it's just it's just a coping mechanism, right? Yeah. So means there's some other things there that we can look at at the same time and um, help with that. And then clients that have higher uh, net worths um, or have you know significant investments um, already, a lot of times what we find is um, they're at a different level. Most of the time they started placing investments. Yes, I mean like, are you sure that the investments are really optimized for whatever your long-term goal is? Maybe, right? Um, first, you know what your long-term goals are. Like, how much cash flow do you actually need every month? Right? Um, what is there a particular net worth goal that you need to hit to make sure that you and your family are protected if anything happens to you? Right? And I say, great. Well, it'll be like at least this much money is what my family is going to need to survive on if something happens to me, and either I need investments or I need life insurance to make sure that's going to happen. And then there's some people that are at the upper end, but still not all the way there. We'll ask the question is like, do you know what is the exact next investment you need? Like, do you know what cash flow that needs to bring in? What net worth play? The exit timeline is the one year, three year, five year exit. Do you know what kind of tax benefits you're needing it to come in for you? So you can know here's the exact criteria that I'm looking for for the next 50 or $100,000 I'm going to place into a deal. Then now I don't know that. Great. Okay, cool. So let's work on that. And so we look to then balance these holistically from everything that's inside of the portfolio, save money on taxes so we can get more money into the portfolio and then strategically bracket. Here's the kind of deal you're looking for to meet the goals that you need. Um, and then I have my own investment pipeline that I introduce to clients um, that I use for myself. This says, okay, here's an assortment of deals of operators and deals that I place my own money into. Um, you're welcome to use them as too. I'm happy to make those introductions for you. Wow. I'm just looking at the time here and we've bombed 50 minutes just like that. It feels like it was three minutes, five minutes. So deep, so incredibly um. Yeah, it's just, it's been an incredible 50 minutes. Scott, thank you for this. Uh, I want to make sure that you get some value out of this. What's, what, what, if somebody's listening to this and they have heard things that resonate with them, whether it be in life, mindset, but also investing, that's where we we're going to start. And we didn't really get there and uh, protecting your, your hard-earned cash. Uh, how can people reach out and find you? Yeah, for all things, um, you know, asset protection, estate planning, tax investing related, best is just go to the website, royallegalsolutions.com. And there's a great video there. It takes about 30 minutes uh, to watch mm -hmm. uh, and it walks through everything. Here's all the team's work, um, all the systems and processes. Like it's a look under the hood of here's how everything works. If it all makes sense, then you can schedule an appointment right there with 
um, the legal team uh, on a calendar right underneath the video. Uh, if you want to be, um, you know me, I'm actually like a huge nerd on all things education related. So if you click up in the right hand corner of the web page, there's a thing that says the Royal Vault. Um, and that's where I have 11 ebooks, hundreds of hours of video. Um, there's direct access to the staff to be able to ask questions. And there's no cost to join the vault. It's a place that you can go in and just really start to devour information um, if you're wanting some more course to study um, as well, too. So that's really the best thing on all of those fronts. And then um, I'm always looking to work with people that are and wanting to really curious about working with people that are already really high executors that don't feel like they've really capped out at how high can they really get into the most elite level of themselves. Um, I have a group that works with people that are at the very beginning stages of trying to figure out this stuff. My most favorite people to work with one-on-one -on, -one on personal levels is the already really high executors that have like, Hey, I've already done everything and I can't get to that next level. Um, I feel like that's the place that um, I'm really able to help people in life right now. Um, and, but everybody's able to email me at Scott, uh, S-C-O-T-T at royallegalsolutions.com. And um, happy to pick up a conversation from there. Um, or you can just interact directly with the team through royallegalsolutions.com. You're right on. You know, you touched on a word there that uh, is really, really uh, an important word in my world, um, curiosity or curious and uh, imagination. Both of these are gifts that were given as children were given to us in abundance. Yet over the course of time, we, we turned down our curiosity and shut down our imagination. And when we think about our imagination, it's anything that we want it to be. And it's there for us to use every moment of the day. And so I love that you use that word. If any of the listeners here are curious and they have an imagination to be much, much more than they are. I think uh, I think you found somebody that can help you with that. Um, Scott, so much value today. Just uh, really want to thank you for that. I want to finish off with a bit of a speed round just to make it a little bit more fun for our listeners sure. hang in there for a little bit longer. But um, wow, wow, so much depth today. Thank you, Scott. So. Speed round, fine dining, Uber Eats, takeout, or a home-cooked meal. What's Scott doing? Oh, gourmet home-cooked meal would be my favorite. Gourmet home-cooked yeah. meal. What would it be? Oh, probably some delicious Indian food or something like that. I, I just love, um, it's probably hopefully something from like the farmer's market, you know? Um, I just love anything that has great ingredients, mm -hmm. you know? And it was prepared by somebody who really just loves cooking and a group of people like getting together as uh, my favorite thing. Beautiful. I love Indian food. It's just so flavorful. It's so good. <laughs> so good. What do you do to let your hair down besides climb big, tall mountains around the world? Yeah, I go rock climbing. Um, I also, um, in the past, I haven't picked it up recently, um, but in the past, I actually used to do stand-up comedy. So oh. I get up on stage and then go tell jokes and uh, make people laugh. And, and that's been, that was really, really fun, really creative. Wow. Um, uh, I'd yeah. buy a ticket to that. I'd buy a ticket to that. <laughs> Do you have a favorite band? Oh man, a favorite band. Oh goodness. 
You know, I gotta say, I I'm actually so out of touch with music right now. Most of all the music I'm listening to is like, um, probably just like classical or just like soft uh, music, and I'm really out of touch with all things music related at the moment. Not a problem there. Not a problem. Do you prefer text, phone, or in person? Uh, it probably depends. I'd say like for most everything in my life, I'm like just text me because. That's probably all that really needs to happen. Um, but if it actually comes down to having a real conversation with somebody, I would want it to be face to face and some type of really quiet setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Audible or book? Oh, I crush Audible. Uh -huh. I think I'm. I think I'm doing maybe like three books a week on Audible. Nice. Have you used uh, some of these summary Audible? platforms like blinks and so forth yeah i'll do those um to kind of help me see like is this something i want to like mm -hmm. dive deeper into yeah. um just as a way of like screening what is it that i'm gonna really put my attention on awesome last question trick question if you were a scratch and sniff sticker if you're a scratch and sniff sticker and i came and i rubbed your back mm -hmm. what would i smell I think when I remember this as a kid that the best one always was watermelon. Watermelon. I, <laughs> I love it's watermelon. Like... It's a superfood too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, man. Love me some watermelon. I was I was raised in Houston, Texas. So wow. I was raised on watermelon every summer. And it was like a staple. I didn't know that uh, there was a way of getting through the summer without just eating a watermelon every day. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening in and uh for having such an amazing guest scott you have been a wealth of knowledge information guidance i'm going to call you a guidance counselor today guiding <laughs> us through so much oh it was so amazing so thank you thank you so much scott really appreciate having you on the return on life podcast it's been a pleasure to be here randy you're a phenomenal host thank you so much mm, thank you take care everyone